you will, turn in your Bibles to the 13th chapter, book of Proverbs, as we continue our study through the Word. So the section of Proverbs that we're in right now is a section written by Solomon. Wise sayings of Solomon began back in chapter 10. And, and so the wisest man that ever lived pouring out his wisdom, anointed uh, underneath the, the Holy Spirit for our edification, to build us up, to instruct us in uh, righteousness. And, and so what, it, what an amazing opportunity that we have to take the, the words of the wisest uh, man and then empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to take and to press and to minister into each and every one of our hearts and in our lives. And, and God knows exactly where you're at tonight. He knows just what you need, what you're going through. He knows your innermost fears. He knows what you're anxious about or concerned or, or what you're excited about and, and what you're looking forward to. And, and then the ability through the Holy Spirit to just touch us right where we need to be touched tonight. How glorious, how absolutely marvelous that is. Verse 1, a wise son heeds his father's instructions, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And so here again, looking at a, a, a wise son, a wise young man is going to listen to the wisdom uh, of uh, the elders, of his father's uh, instruction. We see that that's true in a family, in a relationship where we see that in the Ten Commandments, it was instructed us that we're to honor our mother and a father. Here we see that, that listening to that instruction of the father's words and to a son, a prideful son, thinks that he knows it already. He doesn't want to listen, wants to prove himself and, and wants to build his own name and his own uh, reputation. But it says that, but a wise son will listen to his father's instruction. I want you to know that that's also true of us in regards to our heavenly father. We have a heavenly father and our heavenly father is giving us instruction. And it's a wise son or daughter that listens to that instruction of the father. And instead of saying, well, you know what? I'll, I'll try that right after I do it my way. <laughs> but wise wisdom we see. A scoffer doesn't even listen to a correction or a rebuke. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. And he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. So here again, we see that Solomon is talking about how important it is to watch the way in which our mouths are used. Our mouths can build up others and they can tear others uh, down. And we see here that it says that, that a man is going to eat well by the fruit of his mouth. The Bible tells us that what you sow, you are going to you're going to reap. And so here we see the words that come out of your mouth. Are they building others uh, up? Uh, are they edifying? Are they encouraging? Are they exhortations? Or 
Are you always finding fault? Are you always uh, looking at the things that, uh, that aren't being done well or aren't being done correctly? And, and are we building or tearing? That, hey, here is the question. And it says that when you're building up others, when you're helping uh, others to be their best self, then you're going to reap the reward uh, of that. It says by the fruit uh, of a man's uh, mouth, uh, here he is going to, to eat. And a person who guards his mouth, there's an old saying, loose lips, what? Sink ships. Just because you think it doesn't mean that you should say it. And just because it's true doesn't mean that it needs to be said either. There is discretion in what you choose to share, when you choose to share it, if you choose to share it. And so it says that there's a guard over your mouth. And so the, the, the words need to go through that guard. They need to get through the filter before they come out. That, that you're not just freely emoting now what you're experiencing in your life. And so here it says that he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. And so there are going to be consequences to those words that you wish that you could take back. Verse 4. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made uh, rich. And so uh, here we see that uh, a lazy person, they, they have desires like everybody else. They, uh, they want uh, and they desire, but those wants are not going to be satisfied. They're going to remain mm, as wants. Why is that? Because they are not willing to put forth the effort and the diligence that is necessary. But it says that diligence enables a person to be satisfied. And so that, that diligence, that stick that willingness to press through, to press on, to persevere. That's that, that diligence that you don't just give up easily at the first sign of difficulty or in the hardship. If you're going to succeed at anything, you are going to need to be diligent. Amen. If you're going to succeed in relationships, you're going to need diligence. Relationships are not easy. Uh, and so there is the diligence to work through conflict, to work through difficulty and continue to to persevere and so the diligence uh, is going to make a person rich it's going to pay off uh, in your life and so once again how important uh, that is that perseverance that diligence is a as a characteristic uh, in, in our lives a righteous man hates what Lying. A righteous man hates lying. And here again, you see that one of the constant themes we'll see over and over, you know, in the book of Proverbs about the words that come out of your mouth. And then also another one of the major themes that we see is truthfulness, truthfulness, truthfulness. Why is it so hard to be honest? Why is it so hard to be that 100% honest in, in all things? We, we learn to shade the truth. We, we learn to say things and, and to flatter and, and all of the different ways in, in which we hide behind mistruths and partial truths instead of just being 
absolutely honest, uh, the integrity of our hearts and our lives. And and so we're going to see over and over and over and over, Solomon keeps coming back to this. And, uh, and we see that there's a reason why this, this topic or this uh, subject matter is repeated over and over uh, and over again. And so just that transparency, that honesty, that integrity, a righteous man hates lying, just just the truth. But a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but wickedness overthrows the, the sinner. And so, once again, we see the principle of what you sow, you're going to reap. And it says here that wickedness is going to overthrow the sinner, the person that is walking in their wickedness, in their evil. Eventually, that is going to overcome them uh, themselves. Uh, and so, in verse 7, there is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. That's almost a riddle, isn't it? There's one who makes himself rich and yet has nothing. We see that here, Solomon, I believe, is talking about that you can be rich in possessions, in material possessions, the collection of stuff around you, and be lonely and miserable. Amen? That, that success is not defined uh, by uh, wealth uh, and status. I believe that so oftentimes in our nation that we are so materialistic, that we are so consumer-driven, that we define success in terms of possession instead of spiritual richness or relational richness and contentment and happiness and having these thriving relationships around you. And yet there are those that have an abundance around them and are miserable miserable in their relationships uh, and uh, and in their relationship with God and so uh, there's one who makes himself rich yet finds that he has nothing and one who makes himself poor yet has great riches and so this is talking about someone who is generous with others that willingness to give to others and and as you are giving to others and blessing others and serving others you yourself become rich uh, in relationship uh, in your life and so what are what are we chasing how are we trying to get uh, where we are going it says in verse 8 the ransom of a man's life is in his riches but the poor does not hear rebuke and so here again uh, the ransom of a man's life uh, is his riches and then the contrast of that uh, with the poor that will not uh, hear and so ultimately we are going to be poor in spirit when we are not willing to hear rebuke or correction in our lives pride is what keeps us from hearing correction 
versus a person that is hungry for uh, instruction. You see, if, if we are seeking to continue to grow as an individual in, in our lives, then we want instruction. But if we want to be justified that we are a good person uh, and that we are doing well, then we don't want to hear criticism or input. We want to hold on to what we believe. And so... Uh, here we see that uh, that the poor does not and here doesn't want to hear uh, a rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised uh, is uh, wisdom. And so um, here we see it says the light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. And so uh, lamps, that in oftentimes that's a common metaphor for a person's physical life. Uh, and so if a, a person's lamp goes out, that, uh, that means that their life uh, is taken or ended. It says, that the lamp of the of the wicked uh, will be put out but the light of the righteous it rejoices by pride comes nothing but strife and so when you think of pride think of a know-it-all and when you are <coughs> contending with the know-it-all there is nothing but strife there's nothing but quarreling and and disputing that goes uh, on in contrast uh, uh, with a uh, a wonderful conversation that edifies uh, one another. There's contention uh, with a, a person that is prideful versus instruction and conversation. It says, but with the well-advised uh, is uh, wisdom. And so the ability, and I think that a great skill in life that, uh, that helps us, that kind of is a fulfillment you know, of this um, proverb is the ability to be able to disagree with others in an agreeable fashion. Amen? To be, to be able to disagree, but to do it in a way that's non-judgmental, that's not aggressive, um, but that is uh, loving and, and that ability to be able to stand to your, your ground and to share your position, but not attack the other person or make them feel uh, less than for their position. And so that ability to agreeably disagree uh, with people, it says, but with the well-advised is wisdom. By pride comes nothing but, uh, but strife and these arguments, uh, if you will. Verse 11, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor uh, will increase. And, and so uh, here we see that money can grow by being accumulated honestly and little by little. Uh, and so we see that, uh, that there will be the growth of that. We see that money that is harvested through dishonesty, we see here that there is going to be a, uh, a diminishing factor that is going to uh, accompany that. And so uh, we see that uh, in verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's good for a person to have hope, amen? Uh, 
And so what are you hopeful for? What are you looking forward to as we are closing up a year and looking forward to a, a next year? It is good to have a hope and to put your heart on various different aspects of the things that you are looking forward to. Jeremiah tells us and God tells us I know the plans that I have for you I've, I've got good plans for you do you know God has a good plan for you next year do you know that he already knows what his plan is for you next year and uh, it's a good plan I don't, I don't know what the plan is but it's a good plan I can't wait to find out to discover uh, what that good plan uh, is and, uh, and so uh, we see that hope deferred there makes the heart mm, sick when, uh, when a person does doesn't have any hope uh, how emotionally now they are going to spiral down and so uh, important to look at the good things that are going on in your life to be able to count your blessings and to look forward to the blessings that God has for you uh, next year what are you hoping for what is your desire? What would you like to see next year happen in your own life, in your family's life, and, and the people that are around you that are near and dear to you? What are, what are you hoping for them as well? It's good to have a hope. It's good to think about good things and blessings that may un, uh, uncurl for those that are around you in your own uh, life. And so it's good for a, a person to have hope, uh, but it's as when the desire comes it's a it's a tree of life how beautiful it is when God fulfills uh, now those desires of your heart it delights God to give you the desires of your heart amen and just as a, a parent, it's a delight to be able to give your children the desires uh, uh, of their heart. And, uh, and so, so fun when Christmas and when they have all the, the, the presents that they want and, uh, and, and you're able to buy those plastic, uh, inexpensive, big presents that take D batteries. You know, we, we in, our, in our cupboard the other day, we were going through our batteries and we're like my son was like dad we only have d batteries. we don't have any c's or uh, the, the double a's or the triple a's just the d's he goes that's what goes in the big plastic toys that we don't have here anymore you know in the house and you know and just being able to give them those desires of uh, of their heart uh, i do remember though about those big plastic toys that take d batteries <laughs> Some assembly is required. That, that's, that, that is a challenge. But I want you to know the assembly is nothing compared to the stickers that you have to put on those things. They, they're just like plain yellow plastic and then they give you 10 sheets of stickers that need to go on to make this thing look like uh, uh, anything afterwards and, uh, and stuff. And so uh, anyways, now the, the, the presents, that, that was when they were young, they were inexpensive. Big took D batteries and had a lot of stickers. Now they're small and cost a fortune uh, for the presents that the kids want mm, today. Oh, for those stickers and D battery days. <laughs> but uh, we see the the delight in in, in being able to uh, to give those things to fulfill uh, the desires of the heart and how God desires to fulfill uh, those uh, in our heart. He who despises the word will be destroyed. 
but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. And so here again, we see just a very straightforward exhortation on, on, on placing value on the word of God. And here we see that, you know, Solomon tells us that he who despises the word will be what? Will, will be, if you despise the word, you're going to be destroyed. Ultimately, your folly and your foolishness is going to destroy you. But a person who fears the commandment, a person that is concerned with uh, living according to God's commands and God's instructions, we see that uh, we will be uh, rewarded. It says the law of the wise uh, is a fountain of life to turn away from the snares uh, of death. And so uh, here again, we see that that there are these snares in life that uh, the Bible tells us that, the, that sin lies crouching at your door waiting for you. And so we see these snares and how the, uh, the enemy sets a, a, a snare. And, and, and it's interesting the way that you set a snare. You, uh, you put a, a booby trap, some type of, uh, of a snare is going to catch the, the animal's foot or leg when they step or pass through it. it you put them in their normal paths where you know that they're going to pass back and forth. And then you camouflage it so that they're not going to see it. And, and there's a lot of studying of that animal's habits in order to put a snare. You just can't go stick a snare out in the middle of nowhere and think that you're going to catch anything. There's, there's a lot of precision and thought to it. And the enemy does that with you. He, he watches you. He, he knows the paths that you are traveling on. Uh, he knows uh, your weaknesses and the, the areas of weakness. And, uh, and so he knows how to bait the snare, how to camouflage the snare, where to put the, the snare uh, in your life. And, and so it is important that we walk circumspectly in our life, knowing that there could be snares uh, uh, that are around us and to be uh, aware of those snares we see it says the law uh, of the wise it's a fountain of life to turn us away from the snares uh, of uh, death good understanding gains favor but the way of the unfaithful uh, is hard uh, and every prudent man acts with knowledge but a fool lays open his uh, folly and so a, a fool exposes uh, his folly. And uh, the image that, that there is, is is like a shopkeeper who's setting up his shop and has his wares uh, out. That, that a fool is like that uh, with, with his life. There is uh, uh, no discernment whatsoever. And, and every prudent man acts with uh, knowledge, reason, thinks through. A wicked messenger, verse 17, falls uh, into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings uh, health. And uh, so a wicked messenger versus a good messenger. An ambassador is someone who represents. Uh, uh, and I want you to know that we uh, are all messengers and ambassadors. Uh, 
right? We are messengers of the good news. We are ambassadors of, uh, of Christ. We represent. So you look at that and it says a, a wicked messenger falls into trouble. They're not faithful to deliver uh, the message. And so we, we want to be faithful uh, messengers. We want to be good messengers of, uh, of the love that God has uh, for the world. And a faithful ambassador that we are representing the, the kingdom of God. We are going to live our lives in, in accordance to the kingdom principles and know that, that others are, uh, are watching. When an ambassador goes to a, a foreign country, they are representing their home nation. And, uh, and so they bring with it the, uh, the, 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 the ethics and the truths uh, and the philosophy of that that they are representing and so we want to be good messengers and we want to be faithful ambassadors verse 18 poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction here again we see over and over right how solomon is talking about a teachable spirit a teachable spirit a teachable spirit and so it's good to just examine our own hearts right now and to say do i have a teachable spirit Am I willing to continue to grow and to learn even in those areas in my life that, uh, that are uncomfortable to look at that still need sanctification? We see here that uh, the, the importance uh, of having that teachable spirit. And it says, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. If you have that teachable spirit, then God is going to continue to be able to work with with you a desire accomplished is sweet to the soul but is it, it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil and and so when you work towards a goal and you chase uh, after a, uh, a dream the satisfaction and the joy that comes from those accomplishments and, and, and those uh, moments we uh, went to graduation over here at UNLV and and all of those that were getting to walk that had now successfully accomplished their uh, their degrees and and what satisfaction what joy was uh, in those hearts as they had set out as these freshmen and now they had finished the course and they were able to to turn their tassels four years of uh, of hard work to be able to accomplish that great joy and satisfaction when you set out uh, after something and then uh, you achieve it uh, but it, it says in in contrast to that uh, it says that that just as there is that perseverance uh, to achieve a fool will not depart from their foolishness <laughs> and so ultimately we see here uh, that that is going to end up destroying them in verse 20 he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools 
will be destroyed. And so here again, who you associate with is so important. We see over and over the scriptures talk about and who that peer group is that is going to be around you. They're going to affect you. They're either going to be dragging you down or they're going to be pulling you up. And here we see that it says that a person who walks with wise men will be wise. They're going to be pulled up by the wisdom of those that they are associating with. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. And so their foolishness is ultimately going to wash over onto them and impact their lives. And evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous, good shall be repaid. And so once again, we talked about how evil pursues both the good and the wicked, that evil is pursuing. But we see here that good will be repaid. What you sow, you're going to reap. And so when you're sowing good, you are going to reap that once again back onto your own head. I think that it was interesting for me when I realized uh, how karma, you know, you always hear about karma, karma, good karma and bad karma and, uh, and all that. And it came to realize that karma is nothing more than the spiritual law of sowing and reaping, that, that they just call it a different name, but it's the same thing, that what you're putting out, what you're sowing down in is going to be multiplied back to you. And so when you're sowing righteous Righteousness, righteousness is going to now be harvested uh, in your life. But when you're sowing wickedness, look out. Uh, it says that he who sows to the, uh, you know, to the wind is going to reap the whirlwind uh, in, in return. And so here we see this, uh, this over and over. But to the righteous, good shall be repaid. When, uh, when you are blessing others and serving others, there is going to be blessing that is going to come back uh, upon your own head. And so uh, here we see uh, that uh, now to the righteous good shall be repaid. In verse 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up uh, for the righteous. And so a morally good man and good woman uh, is not only going to bless their children uh, with their uprightness and their goodness, but also to the generations that are going to follow the grandchildren uh, and on. But the wealth of the sinner, we, we we see that wealth is going to dissipate. And so the inheritance of, uh, of wealth versus the inheritance of godliness and the contrast uh, between uh, those two, what is important to pass on to that uh, next uh, generation. He who spares uh, his rod hates uh, his son. But he who loves him disciplines him promptly. And so here we see corporal punishment and, uh, and spanking. We see that the Bible tells us uh, now for uh, young children the importance uh, of instructing them in right and wrong uh, and 
prior to their capacity to uh, understand deeper lessons than, uh, than there is a, a, an appropriate way uh, to give spankings in, in love. We see that he who spares his rod hates um, his uh, son. But uh, to love your children means that you are going to deal with the heart issues and you are going to discipline them promptly. It says the righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked uh, shall be uh, in want. And uh, and so uh, here we see the, the chapter closes once again, just the righteousness, the satisfaction of righteousness uh, in a person's uh, soul. Chapter 14 begins with the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down uh, with their hands. Now, the building of a house doesn't mean the physical building of the putting the bricks in the, uh, in the wood. And it's talking about the nurturing uh, of the relationships there within the household. And so uh, the wise woman is building up the, uh, her children and building up her husband and and is investing in the quality of the relationships within the home but the foolish one pulls it down with their hands we see that a a foolish woman is is not building the the house into the home and the love that is there within the household verse 2 he who walks in his uprightness fears the lord but he who is perverse in his ways uh, despises uh, him. And so uh, here again, we see the righteous in contrast to the uh, perverse. Uh, and we see here uh, that it says that the person that's walking in his uprightness is doing that because he fears the Lord. Now, remember, fearing the Lord means to care about what the Lord thinks and how the Lord views and things. And, and so we walk in our uprightness in order to please God. And so uh, we see the perverse person despises God and does what he wants to do to gratify himself and gives no regard to God. In the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise uh, will preserve them. And so the mouth of the fool it brings punishment on their own heads. But we see that the wise man or the wise woman, the very words that they use, we see that uh, it preserves them, it rescues them by their own counsel and by their wise words. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. This is a, an interesting proverb uh, here. And, and so it talks about the, uh, the, the in, in the barn, the, 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 if you don't have an ox, it's very clean. The, there's no mess whatsoever uh, that's uh, in the barn. But the problem is, is that without that mess, there is no ox. And without the ox, there is is no strength to get things uh, done and and so uh, what is this proverb really uh, talking about uh, here 
We see that life is, is messy. Relationships are, are messy and they need strength in them. Meaningful results of, of any kind are going to require investments of time and money and, and effort. And, and so we see here that, that by spending and investing and working hard, the abundance of that, we see that there is is going to uh, come a tremendous harvest that is going to uh, take place and so uh, by much increase comes the uh, the strength uh, of an ox verse 5 a faithful witness does not lie but a false witness will utter lies and and so that faithful witness we are Christ's witnesses uh, here upon uh, this earth and we want to be faithful uh, witnesses and uh, and so a faithful witness doesn't lie just simply declares uh, truth verse 6 a scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it but knowledge is easy to him who uh, understands. We see a a scoffer seeks wisdom. We see the lack of desire is not the problem, uh, but we see that there is no fearing uh, of the Lord. Now remember it says that the fear of the Lord is beginning uh, of wisdom. Now the scoffer wants wisdom, but doesn't want to fear the Lord. Uh, And so they they say they they want to be wise, but uh, they're always learning and never understanding and uh, and so they are foolish uh, a scoffer seeks wisdom and does not find it but knowledge is easy to him who uh, understands we see that again to seek after the lord god says that if you seek me you will find me but to try and find wisdom apart from god you can look uh, all you want but uh, the fullness of wisdom is found uh, in god go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the lips uh, of knowledge and so uh, we see here that there is the the, the steering clear when you realize that uh, that wisdom is not mm, contained within a person again it's back down to relationships association and peer groups it says the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way but the folly of fools uh, is deceit and so uh, we see that it says that that now the wisdom of the prudent is to understand uh, uh, his way in other words you look at where you are you consider your options and uh, and then you take the best way for yourself now the bible says that uh, narrow is the path that uh, leads uh, to glory broad is the path that leads to destruction so stop and inventorying what path are you on where are you headed it says that a a wise person here is seeking to understand their way to understand their path their journey uh, here in this uh, life but the folly of fools uh, once again is deceit fools mock at sin but among the upright there is a favor fool mocks at sin found that to be interesting our society mocks at sin 
we see that the culture, our culture around us and tells us to, uh, to live for all the gusto in life. Anything goes. If I'm not hurting others, then don't judge me. And, uh, and so we see that sin is made to look by our culture as the best thing that you can possibly do. It mocks uh, righteousness. It, it, it mocks the concept uh, of not sleeping together until after you are married. Absolutely mocks the sexual purity within, uh, within marriage and, uh, and all. And, and so it says that fools, they, they, they mock uh, at sin, but among the upright there is a favor. And, uh, and so we see here the heart knows its own bitterness, verse 10, and a stranger does not share its joy. A person's inner battles, your own personal bitterness is something that no one can fully experience uh, that. Only you are the one that is experiencing uh, that. It is a, uh, a private feeling in our own souls and, and people can be aware uh, of on a surface level of what you're dealing with or what you are contending with but, but those are the soul journeys uh, of your own soul and it is there between the the bone and the marrow uh, that the Lord meets us uh, and ministers to us and walks us through those difficult and hard times uh, in our lives he will never leave us the Lord Jesus Christ promises that he will never leave us that he will stick closer uh, than a brother and when you go through those anguishes in your soul know that that the Lord is right in there uh, with you. And so uh, here we see that, uh, that the heart knows uh, its own bitterness and, and a stranger does not share its joys. Uh, once again, people can be happy for your uh, happiness, but uh, the soul's bitterness and the soul's uh, exaltation, the, those uh, uh, we are going to experience uh, by ourselves. The house of the wicked, it will be overthrown. But the tent of the upright will flourish. So uh, here again, we see the upright and the wicked contrasted. And notice that they're contrasting the material possessions. The, the wicked has a house, uh, uh, but the upright has a tent. And, and that the upright is more content and more fulfilled uh, in the tent than the wicked is in the, in the big giant house. And, and so here over and over again, we see the the. The, the pursuit of wealth and, and, and we see what the scripture speaks about how the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and people will sacrifice their integrity in order to accumulate possession only to find out that, that when they sacrifice their integrity they have lost their fulfillment and their contentment and their joy their possessions and, and there's nothing the matter with um, possessions but when you trade uh, your contentment uh, for the possessions uh, they can never give you back that contentment that you mm, traded away and uh, and so over and over we see 
the word of God, and Solomon here instructing on that pursuit uh, of uh, wealth. And, uh, and so there is a way, verse 12, that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And so uh, here we have once again that, that old adage that you hear all the time to follow your heart. You know, what's the right thing to do here? And, uh, and so oftentimes that, that, that is the, the carnal man seeking fulfillment and gratification. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is destruction. And so this is why we can't trust our own judgment. That's why it tells us that there is wisdom in a multitude of counsel. This is why we're to lean on the Holy Spirit. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a guide uh, unto my path. If you just trust yourself to make your own decisions, we see that, uh, that we will be led astray through our own carnality and through our lusts. And, and so we can't listen to the fleshly desires in our lives that are going to ultimately lead to sin and to death. Man cannot get away with sin. You, you cannot get away with sin. The Bible tells us that God is not mocked, and so we, we cannot get away with sin. In verse 13, it says, Even in laughter the heart may sorrow, and the end of mirth may be grief. And so, Sometimes a person is laughing on the outside, but they're crying on the inside. And so uh, here again, that masking of the, of the pain that is within a person's uh, heart. Sometimes the, the laughter is just to cover up uh, or to keep from mm, crying. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied uh, from above. So a backslider, the definition of a backslider is, is a person who is listening to or giving in to the lusts of their flesh. And so when we're backsliding, we see that we are succumbing to the flesh. And so the flesh and the spirit are warring with uh, one another. When we're walking in the spirit, we see that we are drawing nearer to God. When we are are in the flesh we are back and sliding away from God so when we're sliding away from God we see that the heart is going to be filled uh, with its own way now the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitfully wicked among all things don't let it rule over you don't let it uh, uh, be the rule in your life it says but a good man is going to be satisfied from above that's walking in the spirit when you're drawing near to God and so a good man will be satisfied by uh, walking uh, with the Lord. The simple believes uh, every word, but the prudent considers well uh, his steps. And so uh, the simple believes every single word. I know it's true. It was on the Internet. So, uh, I mean, you know, I saw it there in a tweet. Uh, so this has to be true. You know, so the, the simple believes uh, uh, everything. But it says that the prudent considers well uh, his steps. Now, uh, the prudent means that we test everything like Bereans against the word of God. The Bible says don't believe anything that anybody says. Even your pastor, don't believe him. Test every single thing that 
everybody says against the word of God. The word of God is our standard to test everything against uh, for truth. And so a wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages uh, and is self-confident. A quick-tempered man. So here I'm talking about that hair-trigger person and that person that struggles with uh, anger issues and with bad tempers and uh, and all. I want you to know that that God can heal that. So oftentimes people say, well, that's just the way that I am, you know, and that's the way my whole family is. We all have, you know, quick tempers, and that may be where you learned it. Uh, from. Uh, But that's not what God's desire is uh, for you. And so that falls underneath self-control. And and so we have to grow out of that and mature uh, into that long-suffering, gentle person. And and so here it says, a quick-tempered man acts foolishly. And a man of wicked intentions is hated. The simple inherit folly but the prudent are crowned with knowledge the evil I like this one will bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous when I read verse 19 the evil will bow before the good I think of the day when it's coming when every single knee is going to bow and every single tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And so the evil are going to bow one day. And so before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor man is hated even by his own neighbor, but the rich has many friends. Beside the the frustration, we see that the poor people oftentimes here will suffer socially because it is not doesn't help other people's status to be friends with a poor person. And so here we see that they suffer not only economic hardship, but they also suffer from the uh, lack of status and people looking down uh, upon them because of their um, poverty. Uh, He who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor happy uh, is he. And so being kind to the needy, we see that this brings a blessing from the Lord. Do they not go astray? who devise the evil, but mercy and truth belong to those who devise good. In all labor, there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. We see once again uh, the integrity of working hard and not being uh, lazy. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is a folly. A true witness delivers uh, souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. And so uh, here we see that once again, the, uh, the people who are giving testimony in court have a great influence uh, in those matters. And, uh, and so a true witness delivers uh, souls. In the fear of the Lord, 
There is a strong confidence in his children will have a place of refuge. And the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. And so here, the fear of the Lord is a, gives us a place of, of refuge. And refuge is important in storms. And so when, when there are storms, having a, a refuge is, is really important. And, and what we know, the Bible tells us, is that in this world, you're going to have storms. There, there's going to be times when you're going to need a refuge. Now, you might not be in one right now. You might not need a refuge uh, right this minute. Um, but knowing that we have a, a refuge and the fear of the Lord we see uh, is going to ultimately give us that confidence and that refuge in a multitude of people is a king's honor but in the lack of people is the downfall of a prince he was slow to wrath has great uh, understanding and so but he who is impulsive exalts folly. We, you contrast that. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding. Back to verse 17. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. So slow to wrath versus uh, a quick-tempered uh, uh, man trying to be patient under trying circumstances uh, is evidence of wisdom. A sound heart is life to the body but envy is rottenness to the bones. And so here we see that envy, how destructive uh, envy uh, is. Envy uh, is wanting what somebody else has. That, that's what envy is. And that is the exact opposite of contentment. Contentment is saying, God, what you've given me is enough. And how important contentment is to be able to say, thank you, God, for what I have. And if you never gave me anything else the rest of my life, you've already given me more than I can ever thank you for uh, right now. I, I, I think that envy, when we start feeling less than because we don't have this or we don't have that, and we start to become discontent in what we don't have, we see that that is an endless downward cycle. The, when is enough enough? And the answer is enough is never uh, ever enough. I, I, I remember, I think it was J.P. Carnegie, the steel magnet, was, uh, was asked. He had amassed a fortune, and, and he was just continuing to, to make money. And, and they said, how much money is enough money to him? And he thought about it, and his answer was, just a little bit more. <laughs> just a little bit more. Because, you see, that's always the answer. The flesh is never satisfied. Whatever, whatever the flesh gets, it, it's happy for a moment, and then you know what? Now it wants just a, a little bit more, and then it's happy with that. And then it says, yeah, but if a little is good, then a lot <laughs> is even better. And, and you remember how Jesus phrased it, right? When he said that if you drink from this well, you will what? You'll thirst again. You're going to thirst uh, again, but I will give you water that, uh, that will fill you, that will create streams of rivers within your heart that will you know, well up and will uh, overflow uh, your life. And so that, that pursuit of the, of, the, of the living water that's going to spring up uh, and refresh and overflow you, uh, or uh, of never being satisfied and always needing just a little bit more it says that envy listen to this is rottenness to the bones rottenness to the bones 
And so if a person is healthy on the outside, but they're uh, rotten uh, in their bones, uh, then they're not healthy and they, they're not going to live long uh, when there's rottenness uh, in uh, the bones. And so uh, envy, such an important heart check uh, in our life because when we're envying, listen to what it does. It robs us of thankfulness. Amen. It robs you of your ability to be thanking God for everything because you're mad about what you don't have. And so it's stealing thankfulness. And, and when you bless somebody abundantly and they can't ever bless you back in any measure of return, the only thing that you want is just a thank you. Just that that's all you want. Just a thankful, just a thankful heart. And you know what? That's all God God wants. He's blessed us so abundantly. Amen. And, and all he wants is just thankful kids. Just just thankful kids. But envy robs us of that and thankfulness and makes us discontent and disgruntled with, uh, with the life that he has given to us. Every good gift comes from God. So every good thing that you've got comes from God and there's so much to be uh, thankful for. And so we see here uh, once again that the fear of the Lord is that fountain of life uh, to turn away one's uh, snares. A sound heart is life to the bone, is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. And he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. The wicked is banished in his wickedness, but the righteous has a refuge in his death. Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding, but what is in the heart of fools is made uh, known. And then verse 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Oh, how I wish our nation could know this verse right here, that it is righteousness that is going to exalt our nation. I want you to know that the problem in our country is not a political problem. It is a righteousness issue. And righteousness, God will exalt the nation and he will heal our land and he will bless our nation. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him who causes shame. Let's pray. Father God, would you have mercy on our nation? God, would you forgive us our sins? And, and Lord, would you help us to revival, Lord, that, that we would turn our hearts towards you. And, and Father, that in the aftermath of all that we have been through, that there would be such a harvest this, uh, this Christmas, Lord, of souls and so many seeds uh, planted. And Father, may, may the revival begin even, uh, even here, even now, even within our own hearts. And so God, righteousness exalts the nation help us god with our words with our attitudes uh, lord help us to be thankful towards you help us to not be led by our flesh but to be led by your spirit and may we be wise servants and wise ambassadors and wise witnesses for your glory it's in jesus name we pray amen